A very imaginative, creative, and humorous book has recently been published about the fundamentals of Bible prophecy. Stay tuned for an interview with its author. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have as our special guest today Todd Hampson, a very creative artist and excellent writer who has produced a delightful book about the fundamentals of Bible prophecy. The book is titled, The Non-Prophet's Guide to the End Times. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy, brother. Thank you. It's a Glad pleasure to, to be you. here. Uh, good like to have you here, Todd. Appreciate it. Really appreciate oh. it. Hey, you are an animator, a professional illustrator, and yet you made a book on <laughs> Bible prophecy. How did yeah. you leap from animation to prophecy? Well, you know, I always tell people I think God has a sense of humor because he, put, <laughs> he puts odd mixes in people. Okay. And uh, so my background is as an artist and an illustrator and an animation producer, but I've always had a love for Bible prophecy. And, and honestly, I think it stems from when I was 13 and I first heard about the Lord, I had all these questions about how do you know the Bible's true? How do you know Jesus was God? All that kind of stuff. All apologetics in nature, but um, I didn't know that at the time. But one of the things that really convinced me that the Bible was from God was fulfilled Bible prophecy. So really since my salvation, I've had a love for and an interest in it. And over the years, I've just studied it more and more in depth. Did you come come to the Lord when you were a teenager? I was 13, yes sir. 13, but you didn't grow up in a Christian home. I did not. I grew up, I believed in evolution. I I, I didn't believe in God unless I was mad at Him. (laughs) Um, You know, I I really didn't. Well, how did you come to the Lord then? Well, it's funny. God God really tracked me down. Some friends of ours invited me to a camp. And uh, little did I know it was a Christian camp. I just heard about all the fun things. So, it was a two-week Christian camp. And it was the first time I ever clearly heard the gospel presented. Ah. And uh, when I left the camp, I, I wasn't saved, but my camp counselor said, you know, asked me if I was saved. I said, no. I said, I, I still got a lot of questions. This is all new to me. And he said, I'm going to be praying that God puts people in your path and that you become saved. <laughs> well, long story short, two years later, I wound up in a private school and uh, my art teacher was a Christian. It was also my Bible teacher in that school. And he really answered a lot more of my questions. Mm-hmm. And it was through that that in the eighth grade was when I became well, a Christian. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. That's great. And have you always wanted to be an illustrator and animator? You know, I, even as a kid, I was always drawing and stuff. And you just, were the kid doodling. I was the kid the doodling. Did you draw cartoons? Drew cartoons. I loved, you know, just character design. Yeah. But I never thought I could do it as a career. You know, I just thought it was something I was good at. And, and I never thought about doing it as a living. Uh, but once I was in high school, it was really the only thing I was good enough at to go to college for. So I went to college for art. And uh, it kind of just snowballed. So, where did you get your art training? Uh, I went to the Corcoran College of Art and Design in DC and then finished up at uh, University of Maryland. Do you have a family? I do. I've got uh, my wife, Tracy, and I've got uh, three kids, Daniel, Natalie, and Luke. So, I've got one who's in college, go Bulldogs. He's at University of Georgia. Uh, (laughs) One who's in high school, one in middle school. Oh, my, wow. And you live in Georgia? We live in Augusta, Georgia, yes, sir. Okay. Has yeah. your animation always been in the Christian realm, or did you do 
other secular type yeah, work first? Well, since I launched Timbuktoons, it's the primary client has always been faith-based and family-friendly okay. entertainment, children's ministry, but also we have um, pitched shows to Disney, Cartoon Network, The Hub, you know, really just trying to be salt and light in the animation industry. Yeah. And you work um, with Phil Vishner of VeggieTale fame, right? We do, yeah. We've, we've produced a lot of things for him over the years. We're working on a few things for him right now. And uh, yeah, he's, it, that's been a blessing. He's a really creative guy and, oh, you know, is. animation is his thing. So, well, how in the world did you learn Bible prophecy? <laughs> you know, it was kind of a process. Um, the first thing I did, like I said, I'd always had an interest, but when I was in my early 20s, I did a few inductive studies to just figure out Revelation on my own because it was kind of confusing to me. Uh, and then later I took a couple audit courses at a, at a local Bible college. And uh, my pastor at the time, he, uh, he was very knowledgeable and really solid on Very prophecy. unusual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And unusual look, to find pastors that know anything about Bible prophecy. It is. I, I was blessed, and that was the first church I was I was a oh, member of. And, I think um, the Lord had a plan for your life. That seems to be yeah. the case. I, I swear His hand is on my life for for, for whatever reason, because uh, despite me, He's He's doing some some fun things through me. So now the title of your book is the Nonprofits Guide to the End Times, and uh, what do you mean by nonprofit? So this this yeah, this character right here, man. yeah, he's the nonprofit. <laughs> he's the nonprofit, and it's yeah, only, he, I, I, he actually is a guy who thinks he's a prophet, yeah. but he doesn't have a clue. Exactly, he's <laughs> clueless. He gets prophecy wrong, and he's a terrible businessman. So, he, <laughs> so he's a nonprofit on two levels. So he's not profit on two levels. Yeah. Well, your subtitle of your book is Bible Prophecy for Everyone. Yes, so what sir. does that mean? You know, when I talk to other believers, um, a lot of them. Are either not interested in Bible prophecy, or scared by it, or think it's too complex for them mm -hmm. to understand. So, and and I'm kind of the nonprofit myself. I've never been to seminary. I've never, you know, worked full time at a, you know, church or anything like that. Um, I'm just a, I'm just a lay leader at a church. But I wanted people to see if I can figure this out, you can figure this out. <laughs> um, so it's it really is for everyone, and either even non Christians who have never studied Bible prophecy before, I think they could pick this book well, up. Well, I think you're absolutely on target there. That the average person thinks that Bible prophecy is just too complicated to get involved in, and even pastors, they'll you know they'll often say, "Well, I'm not amillennial, premillennial, postmillennial. I'm just panmillennial. Sure. I believe it all pan out in the end." Right. And I want to say you're too lazy to study, <laughs> because if you'll study it, you can figure. It out, right. but uh, it it it's really scary to people. And mm -hmm. I often, particularly the Book of Revelation, I have people tell me, "Well, that, that, that's just scary." Right. But hey, it only has good news for believers. Exactly right. What I've found is that when I study it, I get more hope and yes. more joy. There you go. Yes. Um, but I think that's the enemy's. He's done a great job of getting people's eyes off of it, even though like. You mentioned Revelation. It's the only book in Scripture that says you'll be blessed by reading this Revelation book. Revelation 1-3, yeah. right. And people well, stay hey, away from let's it. let's read it. Yeah. <laughs> I like right. how your prophet helps us get through the book. And you've got this illustration on the front of it there that, mm -hmm. that labels the different parts about what makes a prophet. Because, oh, yeah. you know, you always have these pictures that from childhood of a prophet with this long flowing beard and robe. <laughs> and you right. got his, his eyebrows and says, thick eyebrows, suitable for compassion or condemnation. Yeah. <laughs> fall leather sandals. Yeah, and Sandals. Oh, folks. Yeah. yeah. And he says, I'm not, I'm the nonprofit. And it's great because he walks you through the book. And I think we connect to him because, you know, if, if you don't know Bible prophecy, you have all these preconceptions yeah. like this guy looks like. You have this preconception of what a prophet right. looks like. Well, we have preconceptions of Bible prophecy. So as soon as I saw this guy on the cover, man, I'm like, I got to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it draws you into it. Gotcha. And well, I, I love the illustrations all the way there. I mentioned to you earlier when we were talking privately about, 
uh, one of the illustrations I liked in particular uh, is one that uh, where you're talking about Daniel, the book of Daniel, uh, the Olivet Discourse of Jesus, and the book of Revelation. And you give three illustrations. And the illustration of Daniel is the picture of a big forest from a distance. The picture of Olivet Discourse, you've moved in and you see about five trees. In Revelation, you're right up to the tree trunk right. because one is giving you the overview, one is giving you a, 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 a more information, and then Revelation gives you the detail. Yeah. And that was a beautiful illustration. Thank you. Yeah, throughout the book, I tried really hard to think through, like, all right, how can this concept, in a, how can I convey this concept in a visual way that makes sense, <laughs> that draws people in? And also, I think most people. Part of the reason they get confused by Revelation is because they don't have that background of Daniel and yeah. all of that discourse. And, you know, there, obviously, Nathan, you and I were talking about this that there's tons of stuff in the Old Testament, you know, the prophets, the, the major minor prophets, even the Psalms that have prophetic stuff. But with this book, I was like, all right, what's the simplest way I can give them just the basics of what they need? And most people don't realize that Daniel is kind of the framework that Revelation yes. sets in. Yes. So I really wanted to highlight that. And you set off the statistics, which I like. They're not buried mm -hmm. in, if you want to know how much of Bible prophecy in big orange is 27 <laughs> to 33. I learned how many verses in the Bible. I think I would have known that from Bible <laughs> right. college. But you, the 31,102, yeah. I think, the 10,000, right. it mm -hmm. really brings it. And you do charts here. You know, a lot of times charts are so dull to read. Mm -hmm. And you kind of... I don't want to steal veggie tales, but veggieize them as they sure. call it, because you you make them all colorful and easy. And these quick facts: I did not know the Navy SEALs stand for Sea, Air, and Land. Okay. So you learn more than just Bible prophecy yeah. in there. Don't well, you? you know, when I first started studying Bible prophecy in detail, uh, of course, I I was reading it in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But then I began to pray, Lord, lead me to a book that will help me to better understand things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I prayed that very specifically. And the first book, I don't even remember how I ran across it, was a book similar to this. It was a book entitled Illustrate, uh, Revelation Illustrated and oh, Made wow. Plain by Tim LaHaye. Huh. And it was beautifully illustrated from beginning to end. Okay. And I really appreciate it. Then the next book that I ran across was the uh, book that was published in 1921. Uh, what was his name? Clarence Larkin. Clarence Larkin. Oh, okay. all his beautiful Clarence Larkin was, a, oh, was yeah, a person who was trained as a draftsman. He tried to be a pastor, didn't do too well, and mm -hmm. he kept saying, Lord, I know you call me. What am I supposed to do? And the Lord said, you know, use the talent you have. So, he wow. sits down and he starts illustrating every book of the Bible in these magnificent illustrations. And that book is still in print today. I remember when I found that, I was just captivated by it, hour after hour looking through it. So, my, you know, th those were the things that helped me to get deep into Bible sure. prophecy was illustrations. That's Do you fantastic. have a, a target audience? And are you trying to target youth or kids? You, or? For the for the book um, concept itself, I had to present a target audience, so okay. I picked millennials, um, <laughs> just because they're they're visually driven. They're they're not typically going to pick up a, a thick book that has a lot of you know heavy words and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm, that's just a generalization. But I wanted something that I could present to them that was visually driven. But what we found is that really that's why they they put the title. Bible prophecy for everyone because yeah. we found that all age groups, even my middle schooler, he just got finished reading it, and I was blown well, away we, we've without me even making him do it. Yeah, we've <laughs> discovered the same thing. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, uh, Nathan is very, very anxious to reach out to young people, yeah. uh, particularly to millennials and even teenagers, mm -hmm. and he has found that they have a very, very small attention span, right. and they're mainly uh, attracted to visual things. Right. So he's putting out a series of videos called inbox videos because these are questions 
questions that come into his inbox, mm -hmm. and he's addressing those questions in videos that run about five minutes. Yeah, those well, are fantastic. I've oh. seen a few of those. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's a really and, and they're very creative and 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 uh, often very humorous. Mm -hmm. And so this this is just wonderful the way that you, you've used this to draw people into the book. And then the book is down to earth and easy to read and yeah. easy, to, easy understand. to understand. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So not only do you have the illustrations, but your writing has has done very very well. I worked hard at that because you know in Christian circles we often use Christianese. You know, oh, we'll, yes. we'll yeah. throw out big big words and not really think about it and not mean to throw people off. But um, because of my background that I, I didn't grow up in church, I know what it feels like well. to come into something that's totally right. foreign with a language that's different than anything yes. you've ever heard. Mm -hmm. So I really worked hard at trying to write it in a way that anybody could pick well, it up. Well, when you start talking about uh, Kiliast and anti-Kiliast and premillennial and postmillennial and amillennial, people think you're speaking in tongues. <laughs> yeah. And so you have to be careful about yeah. that. It's like right. when I invite theologians to write articles for our magazine. And I yeah. tell them this is a magazine for the general public. Right. I still have to rewrite the article because <laughs> of all of the technical language like sure. hermeneutics. And the average person is going to look at that and say, Herman yeah. who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I compliment you Thank on the you. way you have made this understandable to the average person. It's a real breakthrough and it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. I really appreciate it. Well, folks, uh, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the content of Todd's book. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy, our discussion with illustrator, cartoonist, and animator Todd Hampson. We're talking with Todd about his new book, The Nonprofit's Guide to the End Times. Well, let's get into content here. Sure. How, tell us how you laid it out. Like, if you're trying to introduce Bible prophecy to everyone, yeah. what is the best way to lay it out, which I assume is what you did in your book? Absolutely. I, I intentionally made the book as systematic as I could without letting them know it was systematic. Okay. Um, but I start just with the basic question, what is Bible prophecy? You know, not assuming they know anything about it. And then I go a few questions deeper. And then uh, in part two, I go into a little bit more specifics, like what some of the terms are, uh, what the interpretation methods are, that kind of thing. So I'm, all along, I'm trying to lay the groundwork so that they can slowly but surely build confidence in the content and form their own convictions and, and slowly realize too, like, oh, I can understand this. I can figure this out. Okay. Um, and then I get, as you get further into it, then I present all the different views. And then I actually have a whole chapter on why I hold to the pre-trib view and the strengths of that view. Uh, and then the whole second half of the book really is the categories of the signs of the times. Uh, and then it ends with a, a chapter on how to receive Christ. I love that. I love and it. Yeah. Books and like Dr. Ray, all his books and do they really? Yeah, with so the gospel message. I'm in great company then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I really do want people, and I shared with y'all in the in the devotional time this morning. There's two specific people right now that I know of that are reading it that are that are far from the Lord that uh, I'm praying he'll use it. And uh, and then the last chapter is is what we talked about a little bit. The last segment is just how to live with peace and hope and courage in this time and how to let Bible prophecy, you know, foster that within us. Okay. Yeah. Well, you started off by asking, what is Bible prophecy? Mm -hmm. Tell us and throw some of those wonderfully <laughs> animated statistics that you gave. You bet. So, so Bible prophecy is basically God telling history in advance. Okay. Uh, and it, the Bible is the only book that 
claims to be the Word of God, and it's the only book that has predictive prophecy to prove that it's the Word of which God. Which led you to the Lord. Which led me to the Lord. It's also the only book that has fulfilled prophecy. Yes, that's right. Exactly. And yeah. very specific. They're very. not vague. They're and not, not just general. about the Messiah, about cities, towns, nations, yeah. empires, individuals yeah. like Cyrus and others. That's it. That's How exactly much of right. the Bible is prophecy? So, a third of the Bible is prophecy. Third. Okay. So, if people are disregarding prophecy, they're throwing out a third of the Bible. And in That's my opinion, amazing. it's it's the it's the, I call it the central nervous system of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Every key story, every key piece of theology, and every key person all links back to Bible prophecy somehow. So, if we throw that out, we're we're really doing ourselves and others a disservice. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, let me ask you something. Uh, one of the most controversial things in all of Bible prophecy. Is the whether or not the Lord's going to come back and reign on this earth for a thousand years? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a church that said absolutely not. In fact, we were taught he would, there's not one verse in the Bible that says he'll ever put his foot on the earth again. You wow. can imagine how shocked I was when I <laughs> ran across Zechariah 14. Right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, they said that, and that is the predominant viewpoint yeah. in all of Christendom today. Most people don't know that. They yeah. most people think that the premillennial view is the dominant, but it's not. The Catholic mm-hmm. Church is amillennial. Most denominations are amillennial. What is your position on that? My position is that it is a literal thousand year reign after the tribulation period. And the main reason for that is I'm, I'm willing to let the Bible guide me to wherever truth leads. And old, all the Old Testament prophecies were, were fulfilled literally, or all the prophecies that have been fulfilled were fulfilled literally. Yes. So, God's not suddenly going to switch gears and then fulfill it symbolically, <laughs> you know. Doesn't He say in Revelation 20, what, six times, mm-hmm. a thousand years, a thousand years? Yeah. So, your interpretation of the Bible is, is literal. It's a literal futurist interpretation. And to, in my opinion, it's the only consistent <clears throat> way to interpret Scripture from cover to cover. Well, and again, an, another thing too is that uh, most Christians uh, don't read the Old Testament, don't study the Old Testament, don't know anything about the yeah. Old Testament. They think the only place in the Bible where there's a mention of the thousand year reign of Jesus is Revelation. But if you want to find out about mm-hmm. the reign of Jesus, you got to read the book of Isaiah, which is all about the end time reign. Revelation is primarily about the tribulation. Yeah, that's right. But I had a guy tell me one time, he says, well, I don't believe in that premillennial nonsense because it's only mentioned one time in the book of Revelation. And I said, well, even if it were only mentioned one time, that should be sufficient for right. you to believe that this is the Word of God. Exactly. Well, Jabez is what? One, one, two verses? And yet they've written whole, whole <laughs> yeah. books on Jabez. And sold a lot of those too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I mean, when I talk to people, I'll, I'll be up front and tell them, especially if they come to me and they're saying, you know, I'm confused by the different views and how do you really know pre-mill, you know, pre-trib, pre-mill is really the one. And I'll, I'll say, okay, there's no chart in the Bible that lays out every single order for us. But when you do the work and use logic and compare Scripture with Scripture, you can put together a oh. concrete overview of the basic order of events. I mean, we don't know every single detail of how it all takes place, but you can be confident that you can know we get raptured before the tribulation and the and the thousand year reign is a literal thousand year reign. Yeah. Well, one of the things yeah. you point out in the book is that there are no uh, particular signs for the rapture where there are signs for the second coming. Yeah. And it seems that even though there are not any particular signs, nonetheless, as we look at the world today, we can see signs of the approaching tribulation and the second coming. And therefore, <laughs> the rapture must be around the corner. And I've noticed that there are intense attacks on the pre-trib rapture concept today. Mm-hmm. More and more I think Satan wants to completely discredit the concept of a pre-trib rapture. Yeah. He wants people to live in constant fear. Right. And so why why do you come down on the side of a pre-trib rapture? 
Well, it's, it's funny you say that, mainly because I let Scripture speak for itself. And as I mentioned, I, I wanted to make sure I was firm in my convictions before I taught it in a book. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I read, you know, Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series in the 90s. And from my first pastor that I mentioned to you, he was, he was a solid pre-trib guy. And so that was kind of in me already, but I had never done a deep dive for myself to where I could really say confidently, this is the order. Um, until I did those inductive Bible studies and, and really studied it for myself. And just to be honest, I mean, you can, you can adopt somebody else's view, but until you really study it for yourself and say, God, lead me to truth wherever it leads, you know, let me put all my predispositions aside and let just truth of, of God's Word guide me, you'll come to that conclusion. Well, one of the, I guess, major uh, points that people make uh, when they attack the pre-trib rapture is they always say it's too new to be true. Mm-hmm. came up in the 19th century, just out of nowhere, and and uh, it's just too new to be true. I thought I thought it yeah. was very interesting that when uh, Martin Luther mm-hmm. came up with the concept that true salvation is by grace through faith and not by works, as the yeah. Roman Catholic Church was teaching, mm-hmm. that the fundamental argument that the church offered against him when they brought him up for a trial, too new to be true. None of the popes ever taught this. None right. of the church fathers ever taught this. Yeah. And his response was very interesting. He said, well, it depends on what church fathers you're talking about. If you're talking <laughs> about Jesus and John and Peter and Paul, they taught it. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. And I, when I wrote the book, I actually I wrote a whole chapter on all the different views. And then I, in that chapter, I explained you know, the basic reasons why I hold to the pre-trib view. But th- that wasn't enough. I ended up adding a chapter on <laughs> listing the five key things yes. that to me are, are among the most convincing that the pre-trib is, is throughout Scripture clear as a bell. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, one of the things that people don't realize is that when they say it's too new to be true is the fact that uh, for thousands of years people did not have access to the Bible. That's right. Uh, and even if they had they couldn't read it because the average person in the Middle Ages could not mm-hmm. read or write. Yeah. And so you only had priests and they had the Scriptures and the church said you can't, the, to the general public, you can't really understand it so you've got to mm-hmm. go by what we say. And so for 1500 years the Roman Catholic dark. Church said, hey, yeah. Jesus never coming back to reign. There's not going to be any of that stuff. It's, you know, it's, He's just going to come back and we're going to go to Heaven. That's yeah. it. And uh, then when people finally got the Scriptures in their own language and they could afford to get a Bible, I, then suddenly people begin to say, hey, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and so yep. forth. And, and I have a chart in there that I spent a lot of time on. It's probably the most complex, complex chart in the book, but it shows that in visual form how in the first and second century pre-trib was, was there. I mean, not just in, in Scripture, but also in some extra yes. biblical writings. Yeah, and then during the Dark Ages it was just dark. Nobody, it was, it was kept hidden. Well, you have a cartoon that goes along with that on page 93. The the nonprofits there at the movie theater, and he's analyzing mm-hmm. uh, what he's seeing, and he's getting all this symbolism. I got to figure out it's a dream within a dream. The guy says, "Hey, that's the just the production company logo," and it, yeah. and it seems that's what the Middle Ages did. They took everything in the Bible since Augustine oh. and spiritualized yep. it to nonsense. Oh yeah, the, exactly. the true meaning was always beneath the surface, not on the surface. Right, right. But. Uh, uh, yeah. and, and, and isn't it interesting that after the Reformation, when people had the Word of God again, slowly over the next couple hundred years after that, the pre-trib started to kind of come more to light. Mm-hmm. The closer we got to Israel becoming a nation again, yes. 
And to me, that also links up with the prophecy in, in the book of Daniel that says, in the end times, knowledge shall increase, people yes. will run to and fro. Well, and, and another thing that began to develop once people got the Bible in their own language is they began to say, hey, the Bible says in the end times, God's going to regather the Jewish people back into their land, mm-hmm. and, and this nation's going to be reestablished. Yeah. The Puritans were saying that. That's and, right. And people said, you're crazy. Yep. That'll, that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it happened. <laughs> well, now that we got Israel coming back in the land, let's talk about the tribulation because that comes after the rapture. Sure. What then do you think is the purpose of the tribulation? I believe, and I believe Scripture teaches this uh, thoroughly, is that the main reason for the tribulation is to win the people of Israel back to Christ. You know, okay. to the, the, the focus will shift from the church to the nation of Israel. Yeah. Um, and if anybody questions that or, or, or thinks that God's done with Israel and the Jewish people, read Romans 9, 10, and 11. I mean, it, it is point, if you read that, I don't see how you could say God's done with the people of Israel. Um, in Old Testament times, whenever the Jewish people got in uh, trouble, they would always run to, uh, to Egypt for help or Assyria for help or whoever they could find that would help them. And today they run to the United States. But during the tribulation, there will be nobody for them to turn to. And when they finally realize there's no one, they're going to turn to God right at the end. And they're going to look upon Him whom they've pierced and weep and will and mourn. And they're going to repent and a great remnant is going to be saved. What a glorious day that's going to be. Absolutely. Wow. I can hardly wait. Well, do you believe we're living in the season of the Lord's return? And if so, why? I do. And um, in the book I talk about several sign categories. And uh, yesterday uh, Nathan and I were were having a conversation. I shared with him that when I first, this is a long answer to your short question by the way, (laughs) that as I was studying and getting ready for this book, one of the reasons was I was looking around in the world and just seeing, okay, something has shifted. It's gotten even worse. Things are crazy. The Mideast is is going nuts. And I started looking for solid theologians that I respected and to see if they were saying that they're seeing signs of the end times. And that's how I first learned about you, Dr. Reagan. I came across a video of yours where you were unpacking that. And uh, so I, I talk about that in the book, and I think I even have a quote from you in there somewhere. Uh, but anyway, so I believe number one, Israel's in the land, so that's that's the super sign right there. Um, that 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 lets us know we're that's entering the cornerstone in time. Yeah, prophecy. exactly. Yeah. Nothing else really significant could happen without that being in place. But then you um, bring up the yeah. chapter on. Conversion. Convergence. Yeah, yeah convergence. You what, know. what do you mean by convergence? So every every sign and every sign category and every stage setting event is all converging in our day. I mean, literally everything is is at play right now at this moment. And to me, that's mind boggling. Well, it certainly is, and it certainly should be convincing. Well, let me ask you this: so Would you just take a moment to look right into that camera in front of you and yep. tell people how they can get in touch with you? Okay. Sure thing. If you go to uh, ToddHampson.com, you can uh, find information about my book and about me and about my ministry. Okay, great. Well, we really appreciate you being here today. Uh, it's it's a it's a blessing to us yes. to have you in the Likewise. studio. It's a blessing to us to emphasize this book because we want as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, mm. to understand Bible prophecy and understand we're living in the season of the Lord's return. I had a fellow the other day said, "Wouldn't it have been exciting to live in Bible times?" I said, "Brother, you are <laughs> living right. in Bible times." <laughs> this is it. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I want to uh, invite you to be back with us next week. And until then. This is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Todd Hampson's great book about end time Bible prophecy is available for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. 
The book is 224 pages in length and is full of illustrations. In fact, there are more than 100 full-color charts, diagrams, and cartoons. It is a down-to-earth, easy-to-understand book that makes the study of Bible prophecy a delight. It clears away all the theological fog that often characterizes books about Bible prophecy, and it shows you how Bible prophecy is relevant to the way you live right here and now. And as a special bonus, when you order a copy of Todd's book, we will also send you a copy of Dr. Reagan's book, The Basics of Bible Prophecy. It contains 24 lessons on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy. It is also illustrated with charts and diagrams. It is a book for both ends of the Bible prophecy spectrum, for those who know little or nothing about Bible prophecy, and for those who know a lot and need a book to guide them in their teaching of prophecy. Place your order through our website at lamblion.com or call our office Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time at the number you see on the screen. Just ask for offer number 585. Again, both of these books can be yours for a donation of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 